0: I'm sorry, but the entire audio for this Sunday's message didn't get recorded properly, and so only the last half is represented here. But I would like to do, before allowing you to hear that, is to just sum up the first half of the message so that you can understand where uh, the audio is stepping in at. As you remember, we're looking through uh, Romans, and uh, we're trying to prepare ourselves to look at this verse. Uh, that is in verses uh, 1 and 2 of chapter 12, about I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. We're trying to understand what about the mercies of God prepares us to present our bodies, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Why is that our reasonable service and uh, to not be conformed to this world? In other words, how does the world act? How are we going to be different, but to be transformed? And uh, we've been going through each chapter, chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, today's assignment. And uh, and each Sunday, we're uh, looking at one particular verse within the chapter that kind of summarizes the whole of what the chapter is talking about. For instance, in chapter 1, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So we're not ashamed of this. We believe in the gospel. It's the power of God uh, for salvation to everyone who believes, to Jew first and also to the Greek and we we watched as chapter one, two, and three kind of summed up the working of God, and that uh, that summing up is that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, chapter four, verse three and uh, and and because of faith, Abraham found himself right with God, and so chapter five tells us this. Since we've been justified by faith. In other words, the faith of Abraham can be our faith. And if we'll just believe God like Abraham believed God, we can stand justified before God. And, and what does that look like? It says we have peace with him through our Lord Jesus Christ, chapter 5, verse 1. And so uh, we're at peace with God. And so what does peace with God bring about? Well it, can, it it brings about the reckoning that we consider ourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ and that's that's Romans chapter six verse eleven so uh, so the outworking of that uh, that question uh, or that statement of six eleven uh, consider ourselves dead to sin but alive to Christ. The outworking of that is is a new love and a new commitment in Christ that chapter seven begins to delve into. And kind of a summary verse of chapter uh, seven would be verse 13. Uh, that we we lived under the rules uh, before, but now we're not under the rules, we're under the new relationship in Jesus Christ. And, and so there's a question that comes up, and that is, are the rules bad? And here's how it says it in Romans 7, 13. Did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means it was sin producing death in me through what is good in order that the sin might be shown to be sin and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure in other words, what do the rules do the rules show just how broken I am i I, I recently got stopped uh, for not stopping at a stop sign. <laughs> that was the rule. I was in Ozaki, and the police officer pulled me over. I was sure I stopped, but he told me, "No, I didn't," and uh, and I I got written up. And uh, fortunately, it was it was a warning ticket. But uh, the rules are the rules. And uh, we're watching preseason football right now. And the rules are the rules. And they have new rules in football. And the players are learning those rules. The game can't be played without rules. But are the rules bad? No. The rules aren't bad. Especially not the law of God. But the, the law was good. But what it showed me is that I'm broken. I'm broken by something called sin. Sin produces death in me through what is good. I find out just how bad I am. And the sin, in order for it to be sin, I I saw the rules. It's interesting The big illustration Paul uses here is covetousness. And covetousness is the tenth of the Ten Commandments. (laughs) The last one of the ten is the one that really nailed uh, Paul to the wall. And so uh, Paul's saying here in chapter 7, there's a new way. It's not the rules, but it's the relationship. A relationship with Christ. Now, how is Paul going to be able to explain this? Well, he's going to explain it with a very powerful illustration that, that starts chapter 7, and that illustration is the illustration of a wife whose husband has died is no longer married. Now, this is one of those really, really powerful illustrations that uh, sometimes uh, uh, almost takes over the, the doctrine to where we can't see the doctrine because of the illustration now uh, there's a number of times this happens in the bible there's there's the story of the unjust judge this widow went to uh, the judge to 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 plead her case and the judge didn't want to listen to her so she went back and she went back and she went back and she went back and all the time uh, until finally the judge says man i'm I'm going to get out from underneath this woman i'm going to settle in her favor." And then that story is used to teach us this is what God wants us to do with prayer. Now the unjust judge is not an illustration of what God is like. It's an illustration to show us how God wants us to pray. There's the prodigal son, another story that has all kinds of difficulties in it in regard to the dividing of the inheritance, in regard to what the other brother thought, and all of these things. But the prodigal son story is not there in Luke chapter 15 to tell us how to raise our children. (laughs) It's there to tell us what God's love is like. There's the shrewd steward. The shrewd steward is a guy that finds out he's going to lose his job. And so he cuts some deals with people that owed his master money. And the master finds out about it after the deals have been brokered. And he tells the steward, he says, man, you're, you're a smart guy to do this. He does not keep him on. He continues to let him go. He gets rid of him as his steward. But but the steward is used as an example of people that believe in the future of what God has more than the present that they're living. Now, all three of these illustrations are, are within the context of scripture to show us things about God, but they don't tell us necessarily the right way to treat these circumstances. Now, that kind of a thing happens here in Romans 7. There's a powerful illustration of a woman, and the woman is uh, bereft of her husband, and as a result of that, she's no longer married. And Now, here's how Paul introduces this. He says, Do you not know, brothers? For I'm speaking to those who know the law, that the law is, is binding only as long as a person lives. Then in verse 2 he says, For a married woman is bound by the law to her husband while he lives. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Now this illustration is almost too too powerful. I, I'm certain there, were, there are some widows here today That have the challenge of uh, dealing with that loss. I'm sure everybody knows of some uh, individual that was married and their mate has died and they daily grieve that. And I, I have to ask myself the question, why use such a powerful illustration to make a point? Did Paul not know that this illustration was going to be just super powerful. I think he did. I think he did know. And I think he knew and he used it anyhow, because he was wanting to show something. He was wanting to show that that getting free from the rules and moving toward living by the relationship is not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be complicated. And and oftentimes, I'm going to go back and forth between wanting to go back to that old rules style of living as opposed to the relationship style of living. And that back and forth tension and struggle is not going to be easy. And so it's at this point that our audio comes back from the message on Sunday. So we'll continue the message from there. And so Paul by the sovereign leading of God, chooses an illustration here that is fraught with challenges and difficulties and, and the realities of life. So then if while her husband lives, she marries another man, she shall be called an adulteress. Nothing like taking the illustration and make it even more difficult. Now he brings sexuality into it. I'm like, come on, Paul. Do you not understand how difficult this illustration is? Oh, he knew exactly. And he brings in all these emotionally hot topics and buttons into this thing. And he's saying, this illustrates the challenge. Look down at verse 4. Therefore, my brethren, you have become dead to the law through the body of Christ that you may be married to another. Marriage is the ultimate relational. Picture that we can ever enjoy in this world. And, 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 and the Bible says that, that marriage is an example of what, of what we are to Christ. The depth of knowing. The, the depths of, 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 of making yourself vulnerable to, to hurt. Is there any relationship out there that, that opens you more up to the possibility of, of all the challenges of life? But in chapter 7, verse 4, Paul's not speaking of married to another as your spouse. He's carrying forward the illustration of being married to Christ in a relationship with Him that 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 is 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 uh, mixed into every area, function, reality, and every element of who you are. I'm sorry to tell you this, but you don't get to be a Sunday-only Christian. (laughs) You might want to be, but but Jesus has way more than that for you. He wants this to become part of everything. Stuff that a book of rules could not cover everything. Everything. I uh, found a phone at the side of the road yesterday. I uh, picked it up and pushed on it, and the battery was dead. So I brought it home, and I had a charger to get it working. Now I've got this phone that the, the person did not lock, and I can go on Facebook, and I can become their next status. I, 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 I glanced through a couple of their pictures because I was trying to figure out what they looked like, and then I decided some of the things they'd taken pictures of, uh, I, I might not want to know. But how do you get a hold of somebody? My daughter gave me the answer. I went into the address book and typed mom, and there was a contact by the name of mom. I, I dialed it, and I said, mom? Mom? <laughs> anyhow through a process and such I was able to get this phone back to this individual and they have it and now they're making calls and they're probably having a lot of people call them today and say man why did you send out that one text but anyhow they'll have to explain it out. <laughs> Christ wants to be more involved into your life Than your smartphone. He wants to be definitional to everything you are. And so you got to get married to him. But you have to see you're no longer married to the rules. Now, the rules weren't bad. No, the, the rules weren't bad. They're just not best. They're just not best. In fact, all the rules really did is they just showed you how, how deep your problem is. Now, I don't know any way to explain this to you except to give some illustrations for my own personal life. Uh, I, could, I could just start right now and I could start telling you about all the different rules that I've had that, that have really uh, made me proud, made me arrogant at some places, some places made me, made me vulnerable and ignorant at other places. And so I would like to give you a series of illustrations from my life as to where these rules have all, uh, but why don't I, instead of doing that, follow something else. The eyes have it. In this chapter, the word I appears 31 times. You find it in verse 1 of chapter 7. Paul says, For I speak to those who know the law. But after that, I, Paul doesn't use I again until verse 7. And in verse 7, he begins using a series of eyes. Do you remember how a, a week ago or so, when we were in chapter 6, we noticed how that Paul said, we, 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 Remember that? And Paul was wanting to say, this is stuff we all agree on. Now Paul's doing the opposite here. He's saying, I, I, I'm going to be vulnerable. This is me. This is where it is in my life. This is I, this is my problem. I'm not trying to put any of this on you. I'm just saying, this is what I have found out. And so 30 times... He uses the word I. Now this isn't because he's an egomaniac. This is because Paul is wanting to make it very, very clear. Someone that they look up to and admire. Someone that they're asking to explain to them the very nature of the gospel. Paul says, I myself have struggled with this very issue of being dominated by the rules. Now at this point you get into this long discussion in Romans chapter 7. Was Paul a believer in Romans chapter 7? Or was this before Paul was a believer and he wrote this? Well, there's, there's all these ignomatic phrases that Paul uses in chapter 7 that make it difficult to figure out if this is before he was a believer or after he was a believer. And when you can't figure something out in the text, you know when I come to the conclusion, God didn't mean for you to know. So the issue is not when was Paul a believer or when he not was a believer. The issue is this, in regard to the process of sanctification and becoming like the Lord Jesus Christ, the rules got in the way. Paul says, that might not be true for you, but it was true for me. We know, verse 14, that the law is spiritual, but I'm carnal, sold under sin. For what am I doing? I do not understand. For what I will to do, I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do if then what i do is what i will not to do i agree with the law that it's good but now it's it's no longer i who do it but it's it's sin sin dwells in me for i know that in me that is that is in my flesh nothing good dwells for For to will is present. but How to perform it? How do I perform this? I don't know where to find it. For the good that I will to do, I I do not do. But the evil that I will not to do, that I do. I practice it. Now now if I do what I will not and and it is no longer I who do it but but it's sin that dwells in me. I I find that there's a law and the law is this. Evil is present with me. The one who wants to do good. I delight in the law according to the inward man but i see i see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind bringing me into captivity the law of sin which is in my members the the idea Paul says every cell of me is polluted wretched man who can get me out of this there's no rules but there is a savior There is a Savior. And you need Him today as much as that first day you walked the aisle. You need Him today as much as you'll ever need Him. And you know what He says? I'll tell you what He says Will you be my wife? I want to be with you. He proposes to you. This isn't of your initiative. Oh, God, please do something to help me. This is of His initiative. I want you. I love you. I desire you. Be mine. Thank God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I serve myself. The law of God. But with the flesh, the law of sin. And Jesus is okay with loving me the way I am. Look at the person next to you and say this to him. Jesus is okay Loving me the way I am. Tell that to somebody. Jesus is okay loving me the way I am. Does that, does that mean he wants you to do that? No! No! But Jesus is okay loving me the way I am. There's a name for that. Grace. Wow. Who is a pardoning God like you? Who overlooks our trespasses and forgives us? Who delights to love us like you do? Father, thank you for that love expressed in Christ, known through faith. That love that can literally transform this sinner, Brian Hardy, from deep within me to who you want me to be. Because I'm just loved. And I just pray that today that, that there's someone in here that they're wondering, does God love me? They would hear the voice of God echo in their souls. Yes, I love you. And it would empower them to be different. Amen. Amen.